0: Turn to Exodus 20, 28, if you will. Let me read the one verse there. And uh, I'm gonna read it again just so that we can be on the same page to know what we're looking at tonight. Exodus 28 and verse 39. Keep your Bibles handy. We're gonna look at a couple other passages of scripture. And uh, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll overlook the tie-in of the New Testament to the Old Testament. I'm amazed at how many preachers I deal with that they they don't like to preach on the Old Testament. And I'm not saying that that's bad or that they're bad, but you just miss a lot of treasures if you don't see the fulfillment of the Old Testament and how Christ fulfilled those things in the New Testament. And when I read the first couple of passages to you, and when I get to the third passage, you're probably gonna say, our poor preacher, COVID has left him with a a stage that he's lost his mind because you're not gonna see any correlation between it until you start to listen to what I say in the beginning. And this is the way God revealed it to me how in the New Testament, there is a symbol of what is happening in the Old Testament because all of the garments of glory point to Jesus. So this sermon is all about Jesus tonight. And, and I think that we can take away some rich treasures from it. Let's go to Exodus 28 and verse 39. And thou shalt embroider the coat of fine linen. Now, let me stop. The coat of fine linen is the tunic. That's the garment that goes over. So you need to understand that's what he's talking about. Single piece garment, and they would had, a, had the top made around the neckline, that they would put their arms in it, pull it down over their head, so it was a covering for them. And not only was there the coat of fine linen, but thou shalt make the miter of fine linen, that was the turban, so you've got the tunic and you've got the turban that's there, and thou shalt make the girdle of needlework. Now, the word girdle seems strange to us. It would probably be easiest to understand the girdle of the high priest if I would say the waistband. So it's, it's kind of like a robe. You know how a robe, you have the robe, but then also you, you have that girdle around it, the waistband to tie it off. That's what that is. The garment comes down and then there is this waistband that goes around them. So now you've got the tunic, the turban, and you've got the waistband, which is similar to a belt. And, and I think that'll give you an easy understanding of what he's talking about. Now, why did God want that? Why did God, and, and how was it used? We'll turn to Leviticus with me, chapter 16. Let me just read three verses and we'll see how this correlates because when you get to Leviticus 16, he's talking about the day of atonement. So this is the high priest's garment. He also made these linen garments for Aaron's son. We know that, I've, I've read that to you. But in particular, he's dealing with the duty of the high priest. That's what I wanna focus on because the high priest is a type of Jesus Christ. So what did the high priest do on the day of atonement? Leviticus 16 calls it a time for the sin offering. And the sin offering was to atone or to make a covering for the sin of the people of God. And he gives the guidelines here in verse three. Remember now, Aaron is the high priest. Thus shall Aaron, who is the high priest, come into the, what's the next two words? holy place with a young bullet for a sin offering and a ram for a burn offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat. Isn't that what we just read about? The tunic? So he shall put on the linen coat and shall have the linen breeches upon his, upon his flesh. Well, Exodus 28 also talks about breeches. The easiest way that we could describe that is the undergarments. So he's dealing now with the undergarments. They they were also linen. And I dealt earlier in this series with the fact that it was was items that were used uh, to prevent them from sweating as well because he didn't want anyone to think that atonement was the work of man, that you could work for atonement. He didn't want the high priest to be looked at as the one that was doing the work. Because Jesus is the high priest. And let me say this your life can be in a mess. You can go a long way in sin. And you can go all the way to the bottom. But it's no sweat for Jesus to pull you out, He can get you out of anything you've got yourself into. There's not a sin that he doesn't have power to forgive. You say, well, there's the unpardonable sin. That's a different sermon. You wouldn't be here tonight if you committed the unpardonable sin. You trust me on that. But if we ever commit a sin, there's not a wrong that we do that it's a job for Jesus to reach down and save us and forgive us of our sin. So now he's got the linen breeches upon his flesh and shall be girded with a linen girdle Again, it's that waistband. And with the linen miter shall he be attired. So there is the turban again. These are holy garments. Therefore shall he wash his flesh in water. So put them on. Now let's get the picture of what's happening here before we go to the New Testament. And I think really when we, we look at this day of atonement and these fine linen garments, And what he does, he washes himself with water to purify himself. Not that Jesus was impure, but he was in this world, but not of this world. So he's letting you know the world wasn't on him. Ever, ever. And and so the high priest being a symbol of that, he had to wash himself with water. This is what he did. He had to get up, He had to lay aside his garments in order to wash his body. After he laid aside his garments, washed with the living water, then he would put on these linen garments and then he would serve. He was in the service of sacrifice. So he got up, laid aside his garments, put on the linen garments, and he served. He got up, laid aside his garments, put on the linen garments, and then he served. That's the pattern of it. That's the pattern that we see in the word of God of what he's teaching us. So when this day of atonement come, he had all of these beautiful garments of glory and also they were garments that were beautiful. They were garments of beauty. So all of a sudden, all of the glory that is on him comes off of him so that he can put on these linen garments, which is a picture of humility. So now in humility, he is at a place where he serves others. He's not serving himself. He's serving the people of God. He's doing this for the people of God. Let's, let's understand this right. The sacrifice for sin wasn't for Jesus. It was for us. When he gave his life, he gave his life for our sin because he was guilty of no sin. There was no sin on him. There was no gall found in his mouth. He was perfect in all ways. He did that for our sin. So he got up, laid aside his garments, put on the linen garment of humility and served. He didn't come to be served, he came to serve. So here we have him telling us first of all what this has to do to enter into a sacred place. If he didn't do that, you read back in Exodus and again here in Leviticus and it's repetitious, if he didn't do that, he would die. He had to get up, lay aside the garments that they looked at with beauty. He didn't want man's beauty now, he wants humility. And he had to lay that aside in order to put on humility to be able to serve. And when he did that, only then could he enter the sacred place, the holy place, the place where the glory of God was at, the place where he could step into the very presence of the glory of God. And can I say this? If you wanna get in God's glory, you've gotta get up, you've gotta Lay aside your garments. You've got to put on humility and you've got to serve. And only then can you get in God's glory. If you try to get in God's glory without doing that, you'll die. So it was essential to enter into a sacred place. Second of all, it was essential to enter into a sinful place because now those sacrifices represent sin. So he's taking the sin of others to a perfect God where God's glory is greater than the sin that has been committed. He got up, laid aside his garments, put on the linen garment and served. He did it not only to enter a sacred place, but a sinful place to take care of the issue of sin. What do you think, we just went through Christmas. What do you think Christmas is all about? It's all about in heaven, he got up and he laid aside his garments of glory and beauty and he put on a linen garment, wrapped himself and he started to serve. Thank God for Mary. She gave him a garment of covering While he was in this sinful place He left a place of perfection To come into a sinful world For you and I He got up And he left the glories of heaven To come to this sinful place To serve us Boy that's sweet right there To think that he would do that for us But Jesus said, don't forget what it's all about. By the time he gets to this world, in the temple there is no Ark of the Covenant. It's just an empty room. No Ark of the Covenant meant no mercy seat. That meant there was no special days as far as what they'd experienced in the Old Testament. It's just an empty room now. They're going to the rituals. Do you know, mankind is incurably religious. We love rituals. But the ritual is not what we worship. It is the glory of God's presence that we were, the ritual was just a way to get man into the presence of God. But today, if we're not careful, we'll start to worship the ritual and we'll go through the ritual. Jesus didn't come to put more rituals on. They had plenty of rituals. They had plenty of things to do. They did things repetitiously over and over again. And I see this killing churches all across the country. We get in such a rut because we get into a ritual, we do the same thing over and over and over again. It's not the routine that God blesses, it's us getting to a place where we come to church tonight and we get up and we lay aside the garments and we put on humility and we start to serve the Lord and before long, we'll get in the glory of God. Jesus said, let me give you the example of it. Turn to John 13. Turn to John 13, if you will. John 13. He did those steps as our high priest to get into the sacred place. He did those steps to get into the sinful place. See, by doing those four things, he got to go to the holiest of holies, By doing those four things, he left heaven to come to this world. But also, he does it to get us in a servant's place. John 13 and verse two. And supper being ended. That's an important phrase. And supper being ended, the devil having now put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him. Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. Now watch, what did the priest do? He rose up and laid aside his garments, garments of beauty. He put on the linen garment And he served. Verse four. Jesus. He riseth from supper. And laid aside his garments. And took a towel. And girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin. And began to wash the disciples feet. And to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. (laughs) Now. I know people, and and, and don't, don't take this the wrong way, I know people that worship foot washing, but they don't even know the meaning of it. They make it about them, when really it's about him. He was giving an example to them, and this is what he did. Supper being ended, he got up, he rises, laid aside his garments, took a towel, the linen garment, and girded himself and began to wash the disciples' feet. He's saying, don't get caught up in the ritual of it, get caught up in the meaning of it, what it's all about. And the meaning's pretty simple when you stop to think about it. First of all, Jesus reverses the order of everything. Everything changes. He was a guest in a house it was the host's responsibility to wash the feet. But instead, Jesus reverses it. He is the guest, but he is doing the duties of the host of the dwelling. He reverses it on the disciples. In fact, it was so reversed that one of them said, hey, wait wait a minute, I need to wash your feet. You don't need to wash my feet, but Jesus is giving them the example. It's not about the washing of the feet. They washed the feet regularly. That was part part of the ritual that they would go through in the homes. They'd walk with sandals. Their feet was dirty. They were in the world and they'd wash their feet to get that filth off and, and to refresh them. So here they are, supper being ended and Jesus does just the opposite of what they think. Can I ask you a question? Has the Lord ever done something for you that was just the opposite of what you thought he would do? You prayed for one thing and he did just the opposite. You thought it would turn out one way and it turned out just the opposite. You went in one direction and God led you in the other direction. You were like a Jonah that said, I'm not going to Nineveh and you board a ship to Tarsus but you wind up right where you said you wouldn't go. Is there anybody that ever said in your life, well, I'm never gonna go to church and I don't wanna go to church. Why? Why do those people go to church three times a week? Here you are on a Wednesday night sitting in the house of God Your whole life is turned upside down, turned in reverse. It's all because when the Lord comes, everything changes. Not only that, I have to, before I quit, I have to call your attention to that phrase supper being ended. There was an order to it, just like with the high priest. He did this on the day of atonement. He went through the order. He didn't wash himself and then get up and take his garments off and put his garment. No, he went through the ritual through the process of all of it. And that's exactly what he's saying here as well. He said, you gotta finish eating before you can serve. Let me, let me back up. You can't feed others until you've been fed yourself. You can't serve others until you've been served yourself. Not served by others, but served by the Lord. And I think that sometimes if we're not careful, we can get in, in such a hurry. in in the church and Christian community that if we're not careful we'll try to push people into certain jobs of serving when really they still got food in their mouth, they're chewing, they haven't eaten yet, you need to let them finish supper before you lay anything on them you can't let them be used of God and give them more responsibility or put something else on them until they finish eating a little bit they've got to get strength before they can serve, that means you don't get saved today and expect to be a deacon in six months. You don't get saved today and start a church in three months. You have to gain a place. It's, I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about stages. You can be saved for 50 years and still spiritually be a baby in Christ have no more right to a position of authority in the church than someone that has been saved for two weeks. But I have seen it over and over again. Do you know our preachers go out, they'll tell you this, they'll walk into a church before they ever preach one sermon in the pulpit, before they ever get up and open their Bible, there's somebody calls them aside and says, would you like to pastor this church? Don't you think they ought to hear you preach first? You know it as well as I do. Somebody comes to the altar and they get saved and they meet them within a week and say, why don't you be our youth director? Why don't you be our Sunday school superintendent? Why don't you take this position? Listen, don't put them in a place of service while they're still eating at the table. Let them eat until they get full of And once they get full of the glory of God and of his righteousness and humility fills their heart, then let them serve. There's a reason why God uses the word novice in scripture. So don't don't try to feed others while you're in need of being fed yourself. And then too, I think we can say before they put something on them, they had to take something off. Let that soak in for just a minute here. You know what we keep doing? Jesus says he got up. He laid aside his garments and he put on the linen garment and then he served. That linen garment wasn't a coat as you think of it. He didn't put it over top of the royal garments that he had. He took those off and put the linen garment on. This is what we do. We just layer new stuff on old stuff. And we just add more layers to it. And by the time you get through layering all of it, we miss the meaning of what it's all about. It's not about you doing something that you did For fifty years straight in church, five years straight in church. You don't just layer on top of layer on top of layer. He's saying that if you want to be of service, you've got to strip yourself of something. There's some things that have to come off of us. We can't go around with pride and arrogance and And we can't go around with lack of compassion. We can't go around saying, well, i just do this because of who I am and where I came from. Just because my dad was a preacher and I started to preach, just because I said I was a preacher, it didn't make me a preacher because my dad was a preacher. And in order to get to the place where God could use me a little bit in this life, I had to strip some things off. I had to get rid of some things. There's some things you'll have to take off. You'll have to get it out of your life. Because you can't effectively serve as long as it's on you. And you can't just lay it on top of it and say, well, you can't see it, it's not there, but the Lord sees it and he knows it's there and it'll be cumbersome to you and it'll be in your way the rest of your life. You can't serve properly unless you have the right attire on. Spiritually speaking, you've got to be spiritually fit and you've got to be in the right spiritual condition to be of service to others. So we just keep adding old layers to new layers, to old layers, to new layers. How many roofers? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many roofers in the church can testify to what I'm saying? You can get by with putting a layer of roof on top of another layer of roof. But if you've got a roof that's got about four or five layers on it, You are wasting your time putting a new roof on a roof that has four or five old layers of shingles on it. It'll work a little while, but it won't work very long. And this is what's happening. We've got people that now in the church culture across our country, that now they're coming in and they don't don't even make a profession of faith They drag their old filthy world self into the church and they want to throw a garment over top of it and say if I put the name of Jesus on top of it, then that makes it okay. No, it doesn't make it okay. It's still got the world under it. You've got to get rid of that. You can't come in and say, Lord, I want to keep living for the world, but I want to be blessed of you and anointed of you. When I get up to do something for you, I want the anointing to flow. You're not going to have an anointing. You're going to have a mess. If you want the anointing of God on your life, you've got to strip yourself of some things. It doesn't cost you anything to be saved, but it'll cost you something to be anointed by God and to serve others. You've got to say, Lord, it's not me. You take me out of it. Lord, get me the place that I'm clean before you that you can use me. And then, Lord, dress me in humility that others can see Christ in me. So sometimes we gotta take some things off. Get rid of some stuff. What kind of stuff? The stuff that others can't see. You know, I, I deal a lot with pastors. Some pastors, I don't know why they don't leave their church. They hate their people. You don't have to talk to them five minutes to figure out. They hate their people. They say all kinds of bad things about that. And I'm thinking, if they're telling me stuff about their people like that, how you gonna preach that? If I went around and talked about you all everywhere I went, how am I gonna get up and preach to you service after service? Have any kind of anointing on my life? You better love the sheep. If you don't love the sheep, you're not gonna get very far in this, I'm telling you. You've got to get up Lay aside the garments, put on the linen garment and serve.